We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, we are a day removed from that epic win for the Indianapolis Colts against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like it's a good time to kind of revisit the stock up and the stock down position. Uh, we've kind of been doing it every week for the most part, you know, because, you know, sometimes the player's stock keeps rising, some drops. But I think this one's a pretty decent one. Stock up, I will admit, there's a lot more of a good stock for uh, this game. So, you know, bear with me. There's a lot more stock up than there is stock down here. But we'll go ahead and hop into this. I mean, stock down, you can basically say for the entire defense, right, for the most part. Because, you know, you gave up 240 uh, rushing yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. There was a stat yesterday that blew my mind. It said Trevor Lawrence became the first quarterback in NFL history to lose a game in which they he threw for 90% completion percentage on at minimum 20 passing attempts and scored three touchdowns with no t- plus touchdowns with no turnovers. It's the first time in NFL history that that happened. So I mean, we can definitely sit here and say that the total defense in general had a stock down day yesterday. I don't know what it is about Jaguars offensively. They just always seem to shred the Colts defense for some weird reason or another, which is really odd because, you know, you wouldn't have expected that Trevor Lawrence was having that good of a day because the ball really wasn't in his hands that much. He only threw 22 passes. You know, it's almost a third of what Matt Ryan threw yesterday. So the fact that and was sacked four times yesterday, you could only I could only imagine the fact that Trevor Lawrence was doing what he was doing yesterday, dissecting the defense. But it in the end just didn't result in a win. The defense got very lucky that this game didn't go further out than what it was. And when we go into the actual individual performances here. I mean, Brandon Faison's stock is at rock bottom. Rock bottom. I, I don't think there's any reason why he should be playing corner for more than 10 snaps a game. There's just no reason at this point. 
for him to be out there unless you have a specific personnel group where you have four or five corners out there, like or four corners out there. There's just no point in it. I just don't understand it. And then that kind of results in the Gus Bradley personnel decisions being in a stock down, right? There's no reason that Brandon Faison should be starting over Isaiah Rogers. It's just, it shouldn't be happening. There's no reason for it. Isaiah Rogers is a better tackler. He's a better pursuit guy. He's better in coverage. He tackles better in the open field. There's just no reason why Brandon Faison continues to be the starting corner for this defense. Everyone in the world is recognizing it, folks. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. I don't care if Brandon Faison's body type and skill set matches the zone scheme better. I don't care. Isaiah Rogers plays better. Isaiah Rogers plays better. He can stick with guys better. He recovers better. He makes tackles better. There is no reason that Brandon Faison should be seeing the field at the beginning of games, almost at all for that matter, unless you're bringing in a personnel that requires four corners. There shouldn't be. Shouldn't be any reason for it. So, Gus Bradley, man, I'm sick and tired of seeing you continue to put Isaiah Rogers on the back burner. I get that his snaps have been getting better every, every week, but that man needs to start. He needs to start, and he needs to be out there instead of Brandon Faison, who's missing wide open tackles in the open field. It makes no sense. And then let's just stick with the defense here for a split second. I was willing to give Kenny Moore the benefit of the doubt last week. He had a fantastic week of, you know, being uh, involved and having a lot of good tackles. This last game, Kenny Moore did not have a great game of tackling outside and looking like he was belonging. He's got to get better for sure. And then the only other stock down I would give in this game truly without getting too uh, picky into it before I see the film is Moali Cox, and to no fault of his own, really. I, I mean, we've seen Moali Cox week four against Tennessee had a career game, six catches for over 80 yards and two touchdowns. That was the best game of Moali Cox's career. And then the next two weeks, I think his total one catch, one catch. I, there were times I don't even think he was really out on the field much uh, for that game for the Indianapolis Colts. And I, I think for, I'm not sure. I can't remember whether or not he made a catch against Denver. He might've had one maybe, but he has a grand total of one. If that catch over the last two weeks, you're paying Molly Cox $6 million a year, 9 million guaranteed more than most uh, a lot of other tight ends out here. Obviously, that's not top-tier tight end money, but that's a, that's a top-10 contract for a tight end at this moment in time. And you're, and you're not even using him in the system a lot of times. I know Molly Cox is the best blocking tight end that you have right now, but Molly Cox is getting paid $6 million a year and he's not even getting involved in the scheme as it is right now. Obviously, the Colts made this decision 
on the back end that they didn't know if they were going to draft a tight end in the draft of that year. Because remember, Molly Cox was one of the first guys to get signed by the Indianapolis Colts in free agency. And that was a huge contract. It was a huge, huge contract. I mean, to some people, that may not seem like a lot, but that's that's a good amount of money, man. You know, he's getting paid a good amount of money right now. And it's it just is weird that we're paying this guy around $20 million uh, over the span of a few years, and this guy's not even getting involved in the offense. I know Jelani Woods has been insane, but think of where that money could have been spent somewhere else, right? So... I, I hate to say that about Molly Cox, but you know it, it sucks that the stock is going down for him simply due to the fact that he doesn't get involved in the offense because they just don't give him the ball. I can understand why you don't, but it kind of just makes the, the stock of that contract go way down. So let's go to the stock ups now because we talked a little bit about the stock downs. Let's talk about the stock ups. Like I said, there's a lot to get into this. So let's go ahead and hop into it. First one you got to mention is Alec Pierce, right? Another good week for Alec Pierce. Three catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. The the game winner, obviously. I mean, he didn't have as many uh, catches as he had the previous few weeks, but they did try to get him involved in this game. Uh, A bunch of times he was getting held. A bunch of times he just couldn't quite get it because the ball never quite got to him. But Alec Pierce has really thrived in this system. Ever since that week one performance, Alec Pierce has been playing at a really great level. Three catches against the Chiefs, had five catches against the Titans, had eight catches against the Broncos, and then three catches this week, and then had the game winner, uh, his first touchdown of the year. So Alec Pierce is really thriving in the one-on-one jump ball, contested catches situations, like we all knew he could. Right, That was his bread and butter. That is what he was good at in college was dominating the corners. And it's good to see so far this year he has been learning from Reggie Wayne and it looks like he has really rebounded from where his season started. Next one is Paris Campbell. I kept trying to tell y'all, get this guy involved in the offense and watch things open up. And he had five catches yesterday for 57 yards and a touchdown. Paris Campbell was on it yesterday. He's been on it all season. The only issue we've had with it is, is not getting him involved in the offense as much. We saw him get involved last week in the offense, getting first downs in pivotal situations. And we saw that against the Chiefs. We saw that against the Titans. We saw that this week, him getting big key first downs for Indianapolis. I think that, Two or three of his five catches came uh, for either first downs or a touchdown. So huge catches for Paris Campbell to make drives count. And that's what you need from Paris Campbell. And that's where I'm hoping they continue to utilize him. I'm hoping at some point Frank Reich runs a freaking jet sweep with Paris Campbell at one point or another. But we'll get to that at some point. I I certainly hope so because Paris Campbell needs to have uh, a jet sweep call for him at some point this year. What's going on, everybody? Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about Odds Trader. 
Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also check out different sign-up codes and promotions that are going on on the website to make sure you're getting the best deal possible on your sports bets. Some of the key features they include are handicapping, you get live play-by-play updates, you get live scores and bet tracking as well, player statistics, key game statistics when you make these picks. You also get projected game day weather. Basically everything you need to make sure you're making the most informed bets as possible. Including that, you also have a bet tracker which allows you to keep records of all your games and your betting activities so you won't miss a thing. Guys, be sure to go check out oddstrader.com slash bluewire and check out oddstrader today, the number one site for all your game day bets. The offensive line, the stock up, you you have to admit that. Uh, Whatever the five combination was for prior right guard, and Smith at right tackle, and Dennis Kelly at left tackle. That needs to be the combination going forward, absolutely. Obviously, it wasn't spectacular, but it was a huge, huge step forward. You can take 60 dropbacks, almost 60 dropbacks, and not get sacked once. Very, very impressive. I mean, it's it. that's spectacular. Obviously, there were some mistakes made by a bunch of these guys, but... In the end, it didn't hurt us, which is really great to see. A couple other players, uh, Jelani Woods. Again, every time Jelani catches the ball, it feels like it's a big play. You know, first down on his first catch, I believe, and then that touchdown, regardless if it was a push-off or not, there were contact on both sides. Jelani's just a beast, man. Jelani's just a beast, and he doesn't have to get utilized that much in the and the game plan for him to make an impact. That's what makes him so spectacular is that he makes two catches a game and you know about him. And uh, Deion Jackson is another one from yesterday. His stock is going way up. First week against the Broncos, you know, had uh, some really great plays. He ran the ball really well. And then this last week had over 100. I think he had over, he might have had 120 scrimmage yards yesterday and had a touchdown as well to go with it it was a great pass catcher out of the backfield for us I mean it's spectacular it's spectacular to see what Dion did you are I am extremely confident in knowing Dion Jackson can take over for us in the unfair event that Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor don't play in a game again I am extremely confident in Dion Jackson's ability he runs hard He's a guy that knows that his opportunities are not going to be there every week. So he knows that he has to take advantage of these opportunities while he has them. And that is a player that you want. That is a player that understands when his name is called, he needs to make those plays. And he has been making those plays. He's been running angry. He's been making big plays for us. I mean, For as terrible as we were rushing the football yesterday and at times when the offense looked stale on occasion, Dion really provided an energy boost. And playing in that game late when he was hurting but still wanted to be out there to make sure he did not lose his chance, I love that about Dion Jackson. Uh, One defensive player I will mention for a stock up is Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod had one bad play early in the game where he missed a tackle. And it ended up costing us big. 
But then throughout the rest of the game, Rodney McLeod had a bunch of negative plays turned because of him. He was fantastic yesterday. After one bad mistake early, he did not make a mistake all the rest of the game. He was everywhere. He was making big plays. He was making those plays that was putting the Jaguars in second and longs and third and longs all game. So it was great to see Rodney McLeod really take off and really do a fantastic job yesterday. Now, one thing I will say, and I know a lot of people are probably going to hate that I'm doing this, but I have to because I have to recognize the I have to recognize the positive. Frank Reich's scheming yesterday and how the Colts ran the team along with Matt Ryan's probably input on that. That won us the game. And that that was good. That was good scheming yesterday. The Colts said we're not going to run the football that much in this. We're only going to run it so very often. I think the problem that we've seen, and especially playing against the Jaguars, who have one of the best run defenses in the NFL, is we oftentimes would run the ball too much, get ourselves into third and longs, and not be able to tr- to work it on first downs, to get on uh, third downs. So we would get in second and longs and third and longs, and then we'd have to throw it, and then you'd be playing from a bad negative position. The Colts ran the ball one time in their first two drives that they moved down the field, and both times they got to the opposite side of the field against Jacksonville. They did not run the ball very much. They ran the ball, I think, a grand total of 15 times yesterday. Now, obviously, in the end of it all, you do not want Matt Ryan throwing the football 60 times a game from here on out. But, of course, when you had Jonathan Taylor out again and you had Naheem Hines out again, the Colts wanted to make sure that they could take advantage of being able to throw the football more efficiently. And it worked. Matt Ryan got rid of the ball the quickest he has all season, 2.4 seconds per throw attempt. That was the quickest he had gotten it out all season long. And it really helped the offensive line to not be able to give up as many sacks because Matt Ryan wasn't holding on to the ball as frequently. But that also goes down to scheming. The Colts were throwing the ball a lot more often. They were throwing a lot more short stuff, dissecting the defense, and Matt Ryan was able to do that. And the great part was about throwing it on those first downs or those second downs is the Colts were even in third down situations were in a lot more third and twos and third and threes instead of third and eights and third and nines where you would have ran it for first down and second down and making things work that way. I felt that the Colts offensive playbook opened up a lot more yesterday. You got everyone involved. Michael Pittman was huge. You got Alec Pierce involved late in the game. You got Paris Campbell involved everywhere on the field. You got Jelani Woods involved. You got Kylan Granson involved. That's the kind of stuff that I wanted to see. As they changed their dynamic of how they ran their offense, whether it be because they were missing Jonathan Taylor and Hines and realized that they can't run it the same way or that they know they can't run it the same way because they got a new offensive line and that the defense for Jacksonville will make you pay if you don't get the ball out quickly. It feels like Reich actually learned from his mistakes on the first meeting. 
They got sacked five times, okay, in the first meeting against this team. They could not move the ball at all with the offensive scheme that they had before. And it was a completely different scheme and how they attacked the Jacksonville defense in this game. And it worked. It worked very well. When you gave Matt Ryan a chance to get rid of the ball quickly, go into no huddle, and be and provide just a little bit more protection, you gave Matt Ryan a chance to succeed and thrive. And that's what he did. And that's what the whole offense did with, it really wasn't a no huddle, but it, it wasn't a hurry up. So it, it was very quick. It was quicker. It wasn't allowing Jacksonville to settle in, figure out what they wanted to do. You were finishing a play, and then in 15, 20 seconds, you were ready to go, and next play going. So I loved what I saw from the offensive scheming. There, there was only probably one or two times that I was like, man, why, why are we running this? I think it had something to do with uh, – the down screens to uh, the running backs yesterday. That was one of Matt Ryan's favorite targets. Deion Jackson had the second most catches of any player uh, on the offense yesterday. He had 10 catches and almost all of those being just throwing a uh, check down to the running back and just let Deion do his thing. I think there were a couple times that that probably shouldn't have happened. And that's on, you know, Matt Ryan and a couple other things. But again, I felt like it in the end, it came out very good for us to be able to have that option. And it makes me happy to know that that stuff might be available next for Hines and for uh, JT. You know, like that sort of stuff should be open for Jonathan Taylor and Hines. That's the kind of offense that I want to see is Matt Ryan taking advantage of that situation. Because if Deion Jackson can do it, Hines and Jonathan Taylor can also do it. I think that it's a smart, it was a great scheme fit for them to have that simple out route. And it was working for the majority of the time. So I liked what I saw there. Obviously Matt Ryan hitting guys all over the field in that game. There wasn't any specific area that they were better at than others. Obviously running the football, you're going to have to get better at that. But we're gonna, but it, but we're simply focusing on the fact that the Colts' offensive line did not give up a sack in that game, and that was huge. So that's the stock up and stock down, guys. I'd like for you, and also by the way, listen, I, I'm not, I'm not throwing away the fact that Frank Reich has still gotten us in a situation where we started off slow. I'm not getting rid of that. But I do have to give credit where credit is due. Matt Ryan and Frank Reich have changed the scheme this week, and it worked to, uh, to tackle against the defense of Jacksonville. So I have to give credit on that. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let me know your thoughts if there's some stock up, stock downs that I didn't mention that you think I should have. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for all the support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.